You're listening to the Nutrition by Lex podcast with Alexis Roberts, a dietetic graduate student and soon-to-be registered dietitian. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nutrition by Lex podcast. I am here with Natalie today. Natalie, if you just want to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening today. So my name is Natalie Kelly. I'm the face behind Plenty and Well with Nat on Instagram. I talk about empowering women with chronic illness to accept their diagnoses, continue to love themselves and live confidently. So I focus a lot on mindset around chronic illness um, and kind of tips around that, especially with self-love. And so I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis in 2017. It was actually just my like three-year anniversary. Oh, really? August 4th, which is kind of crazy. It feels like, sometimes it feels like I've had this for like 10 years. Oh because gosh, I feel the I feel same like, way. Yeah, with my celiacs, it feels like I've had it forever. (laughs) When were you diagnosed? My freshman year of college. So it was around like six years ago almost. Wow. Yeah, I was diagnosed right before my senior year, which college is such a like tricky time to be diagnosed. And I definitely was thankful at that point because I'd been sick. I feel like my whole life I always was like, oh, I just have a sensitive stomach. Like, But in college, it just kept getting worse and worse where like every time I went home for for a break, I had some other kind of appointment and like blood draws. And I'd come home and my roommates or go back to school. My roommates would be like, okay, what'd you find out? And every time it was like nothing. They say nothing's wrong with me. Like I don't have celiac. I don't, I'm not like allergic to stuff. And finally I was in Europe this summer before my senior year of college. And I just was like so sick. I was also training for a marathon. So I was like, maybe just like I'm running so much that my stomach just decided to not know how to work anymore. I just was like, I think that must be it. Like I wasn't so run down. Yeah. So I was like, maybe it is just like running and like being away from home, but it just got so bad. And my mom actually has Crohn's. And so she didn't tell me at that time, but she was like pretty suspicious of like, yeah. Oh God, I think like she has it. So I got, you know, colonoscopy, like right when I got home and, um, they actually did misdiagnose me. They said I had Crohn's at first. So I thought I had Crohn's for the first few months and then they like retested me and I actually have ulcerative colitis. So Yeah, that was three years ago. And then I had already had my platform. I had a blog and a website and I just mostly talked about like wellness and running and recipes and stuff like that. And when I got diagnosed, I kind of started, I was like, I should talk about this. Like, I feel like no one else has this my age, which obviously a ton of people do. Um, It's not a big topic talked about. Exactly. Because I mean, if you think about it in your twenties, not everyone's like, Hey, let me like talk about my chronic illness. This fun is fact. so fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey, fun fact about me. Um, I'm just going to like put this everywhere. <laughs> so I started talking about it and one thing just kind of led into another. And after I graduated, I worked as a personal trainer for a couple of months and then just realized I wanted to take my own thing on full time. I got my health coaching certification and then morphed it into doing the mindset coaching with chronic illness. So I run a group coaching program and then I blog and I have a podcast and kind of cool to just like dedicate my life to helping others through what I've been through. Right. That's, that's awesome. I feel like our stories are kind of very similar with the whole college and being diagnosed and stuff. And I always just like expected, cause with my celiacs, I was like, I must've just come to college and started eating like absolute crap and something just triggered in my my system. Cause like I was so fine when I was at home and it was just the first semester when I started getting symptoms and I was like, Oh my gosh. But I was like you, every time I was home, I was getting different tests and all this stuff. And it, finally we figured out what it was. Um, thank goodness. Cause now I can avoid it. But right. I mean, it's, it's a struggle to figure out those diagnoses and stuff. Um, could you do a little bit of an explanation of like what, uh, Crohn's and, uh, what were you saying it was? Ulcer col- Ulcerative colitis. Ulcerative colitis. Can you explain yes. what that is for everyone? Yeah. So it is an autoimmune disease. So like celiac mm-hmm. that, um, disrupts the digestive system. And so it's characterized by chronic inflammation and ulcers throughout your body. And with Crohn's, it can be anywhere in your digestive tract. People with Crohn's can even get mouth ulcers and it can be anywhere. Whereas ulcerative colitis is, um, it's just in the colon. And so they're just different parts of the body, but same with inflammation. And like, you can have bleeding internally, not like internal bleeding. That sounds so bad, but like in your digestive tract, like not like just anywhere. We know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's an autoimmune disease and sadly no cure, but 
lots of yeah. treatment options. Thank you for telling us your story. And what we've decided to talk about, me and now we're just kind of talking right before we started, click the record button, button. we came up with some <laughs> topics that we think you guys would be interested in, in hearing how to just basically live with chronic illness. Um, so we have a few topics written down. I'm just gonna kind of go down the list and we'll just chat away with them as we go. Um, the first one that we wrote down was how to stay positive and just living in like your lifestyle while keeping positivity. So how do you personally like go throughout your life and like, what do you tell your clients and people you work with and stuff about living positively while dealing with this kind of a disease? Yeah. I think a big thing is a phrase I always like to say, or I guess it's kind of a mantra is in the really hard moments where I'm in a lot of pain or I'm flaring or like two years ago I was hospitalized and in those moments, it really feels like, oh my God, my life is over. Right. This is all that I am. And so I always use this phrase, this is not my forever, where yes, ulcerative colitis is, like there is no cure, but these hard moments are not my forever and there right. are always good moments. And so like trying to think back to good moments and better days. And sometimes I'll have clients like track them down and like color code their days by green, like good day, bad day, okay day. So they can look back and remember like, hey, I've had good days. Right. I'm going to have them again. And another really big thing for me that has helped is I'm really big into like spirituality in kind of like the universe sense and I meditate and I do a lot of yoga and I love like crystal healing and all that. that. (laughs) I feel like everyone I've had on as a guest, like is always like brings up meditation and yoga or something like that, like spiritual aspect into it somehow. So like for everyone listening and that is like a regular listener like you guys are obviously catching the trend on health here (laughs) I love that and that's like I think one of the honestly the biggest things that's helped me because it helps me stay mindful and really present and I think being present is like one of the biggest things that helps me stay positive because I think the the fears around chronic illness and the unknowns can just manifest into major anxiety and negativity because even though my health right now is doing way better like I could get hospitalized again. I could go into a flare next month. Like you just never know. And if you're always, yeah, if you're always thinking about that, of course you're going to feel, you know, really depressed and really anxious. Exactly. I, I I forget who has said it, but I'm sure it's quoted everywhere, but everyone always says like living in the present is when you're the most content in life. Cause if you're living in the past, that's depression because you're mm-hmm. depressed over something that's already happened. When you're living in the future, that's when you have anxiety because you're anxious about the things that are to come. So being present and focusing on like day to day and living your life, it like just in the present and not really worrying about what's happened in the past and what's going to happen in the future. Cause you can't control it. It's completely out of your hands. I feel like yes. that's the best way to just like have weight lifted off of your shoulders and like just live. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. That's, I love that quote. I don't even, I don't remember who it is either, but I, I like no <laughs> love that quote. And I honestly only saw it like not that long ago on Pinterest. I was like, I'm oh, sure really? everyone's heard this, but <laughs> I'm new to it. But no, yeah, that's I have exactly to remind myself it. that even like when I'm having bad days about like I'm moving back to Auburn this weekend and I get anxious about moves and stuff. And I'm always like, oh, I can't too. control that now. Like like that's on Saturday. Like I can't control that right now. So, I mean, I always have to even remind myself that, and I like preach it to other people all the time, but like, we're not perfect. We still have to like focus in on ourselves and be like, okay, live presently. We can do this. (laughs) Yes. And if you think about it too, like, let's say, cause I feel like with those fears, like, let's say the flare does happen. Like you're worried that like this big stressful event next month is going to cause a flare. And you also spend this whole current month, like worrying about it. You just suffer twice exactly. or you suffer now and worry and it never even happens. And then you're like, oh my God, I just missed a month, like being so anxious. Exactly. So like, I really think the presence aspect has been like the biggest thing for me with positivity, um, as well as just like focusing on little things. I'm that person that like, I'm like, like every morning I get excited. I'm like, oh, this sunrise. And I'm like, (laughs) dude, you see this every single day out your window. Like so amazing. It's the small things. Exactly. So I think trying to like learn to really notice, and I think that comes with presence. When you're present, you notice those little things. I was watching All American. I'm watching like the new series on Netflix. It's so good. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. But I was watching it and one of the sisters um, in the show, she's like, she was an addict and now she's sober and stuff. And she was giving this whole speech to her family about how they just live like so like all over the place all the time. And she was just like, I personally like, to deal with my life, I have to live day 
by day. I can't let myself worry about anything that's going to happen tomorrow because if I worry about what's going to happen tomorrow, I might mess up today. And I was like, yes. so much sense. Like it makes so much sense. I love that. I re- that's a really cool concept of like, if I worry about tomorrow, I could like mess up today or just like, yeah, today will just like go by. And then at the exactly. end of the day, you're like, wait, what even happened today? <laughs> like, exactly. What brought me joy? I don't even know. Right. The world is not ending. I promise. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, right now, I don't know. That's questionable. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> but in the long run, <laughs> I love that tip of just kind of being present and living day by day. Um, do you have like a regular routine for meditation and stuff? Or is that like something, a part of your morning like routine it. or anything like that? Yeah. So I have, I've always like kind of been into meditation, but it really wasn't until everything happened with COVID that I got like into it, into it and did it every day just to make sure I stayed present. Cause there's like a whole extra layer of unknowns. And oh, so yeah. I do it every morning and I have gone into a new routine. I really like is I'll go, I live right by a lake. And so I'll go drive down there and do like Pilates or yoga in the morning. And then I'll do my meditation. And I usually use insight timer. Okay. Yeah. That's on, the like, second time we've had that one recommended. I use that for really? music at night. <laughs> I love, and that's why I love it too, is because it has also just like the music and I can kind of decide like if I want guided, I feel like days that my brain is like feeling busier, I'll do guided because it like keeps me on track or yeah. Or I'll just do the music and like, I'll repeat mantras to myself or whatever, but I try to do it in the mornings for like, I just do like 10 minutes. Honestly, yeah. I find that's kind of my perfect little sweet spot. And kind of like you said too before of like, we're not perfect though. Like there's days where I'm just like, this does not sound fun. There's yeah. days I need it the most, but some days I still, you know, I'll skip a day here or there, but I try to do it in the morning. Um, I just find that's like, it centers me before I get to work or have like, you know, social obligations or whatever and keeps me present. Yeah. I like that a lot, but yeah. And that app is free too. So yes. I mean, well, there is a pro version, but like you don't need it because there's guided yeah. meditations and sleep stuff all in the free version. And it's, it helps me. Like I fall asleep in like 10 minutes whenever I turn that thing on, put my little silky eye mask <laughs> on and I'm out. <laughs> oh yeah. I got my like lavender filled eye mask. Oh, got, got the sleep spray, <laughs> take my magnesium pills and I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> literally my night routine right there <laughs> most high maintenance night routine but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> me too yeah I feel like hey whatever I gotta do to get a good night's rest I'll do it exactly whatever works works you know exactly all right our next topic that we have was one that Natalie came up with and I think it's actually super interesting and I feel like we'll have a lot to say about this one but this is dating with chronic illness and I think this is like so interesting because I was just telling her a story about how um, whatever me and my boyfriend try to go to dates and stuff, it's always so confusing for him to pick a restaurant or anything because he's like, I don't know what you can eat. Like, we've got to look at the menu before we go anywhere. And it's just like so complicated. So this could definitely be an issue when it comes to chronic illness. So is there any like stories or anything that you have that you can relate to and let everyone know? Yeah, I think a big thing, like something that so many people worry about, and I know I did at first when well, I didn't worry too much because I already had my blog for like three years. I was kind of used to like everyone knowing my business. And I went to a tiny college. So it was like high school, like everyone read my blog, my professors read my, like everyone knew, (laughs) but it still was kind of this like new thing to get used to where first dates are already awkward. Like, I don't know. I hate first dates personally, but then there's this whole other, like they're the literal worst. Like, I hate them. Yeah. I tell everyone that. I'm like, I just hate them. <laughs> My friends get excited. I'm like, ew, it's, no. It's so awkward. You know, there's going to yeah. be awkward tension. You're like, yeah, we'll get through it. But like, it's still going to be awkward. <laughs> yeah. Can we just skip to like date three or like something? Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> but it does have this layer of like, do I tell them or do I not tell them? Do I need to tell them? Like, I feel like I get DMs all the time of like, do I need to tell this person I'm dating or this and that? And my advice is always when it starts becoming more complicated to not tell them, like, tell them and like for me also because of the nature of my job I literally can never not tell someone that I start dating because like I have to be so sketchy about what I do and then that's like not gonna obviously add up to a good first date but my I always also say like if someone can't like handle that hearing that or only then sees you as your illness like thank god you figured out on the first second third date rather than six months in you know like I'll get messages like that if like right I always say I'm like (laughs) yeah I always say I'm like you see set my standards so high because like yes I need someone emotionally mature and like 
who can isn't like selfish because if I'm sick I can't have someone that's like annoyed about it or you know whatever like patience and stuff like that but so that's my biggest tip is like honestly I say tell them sooner rather than later even if you don't feel like your illness is you know it's not like who we are it's not ruling our life right but it is a big part of it especially for something like celiac or UC or Crohn's that like has to do with food like yeah Food's a big like, okay. part of dating and travel and like connection in general. And Food so is, like, social in general, like it's yeah. such a social thing. And yeah. Cause I remember like so many first dates for me too. It's like, if they want to take me out to eat or something. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I can't eat this. I can't eat that. I don't eat this. I can't eat. It's like this list of like yeah. restriction kind of stuff. That's like health wise, like actual like illness wise. And I'm like, yeah, let's just go to a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, let's just not do that. My, and that's another tip I would say, like, if your illness, like food, you know, impacts it or, or with energy too. Like if someone's like, let's go hiking for a first date. First right. of all, that seems kind of sketchy. Maybe don't go in the woods with a stranger too. <laughs> like suggest something that you know you can do. Be like, let's just have a picnic and like each right. bring our own food. Or that's, that's so always easy. my go-to especially right now. Cause like you can't get too close. I'm like, let's yeah. do a distance picnic. We can each bring our own food. Yeah. Totally chill. Um, so like picking dates that you feel comfortable with and like, it's okay. Even if a guy suggests a certain date that you don't feel comfortable with, it's okay to be like, can we actually do this instead? Yeah. Like, if they get annoyed about that again, goodbye. Right. <laughs> don't go on the date that, with them. <laughs> yeah. And that's good that you said, can we do this instead? Not just being like, no, that doesn't work for me. Like you need to right. be like, have another, have another thing to offer to it. Don't just shut it down. Cause then they're going right. to be like, Oh, okay. Like she doesn't want to like, do anything with me then. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, she just hated my ideas. Okay. Like yeah. good to know. Um, exactly. Yeah. And I think too, like if you just act confident about it, cause the thing is too, is a lot of people, they're not educated on chronic illness right. and if you don't have really, it. You're most likely not. Right. Or if you don't have family with it or friends and like a lot of the time they also then because of that, they don't have any background on it. So they don't even know if it's something to feel weird about. So if right. you just act confident and they're like, have this thing, like that's why, you know, I suggested we do this instead of eat there or whatever. And you just act confident. They're going to be like, okay, like, yeah. cool. And if you seem open about it and you're comfortable with them asking questions, I'm the type of person that like, I want someone to ask questions. Like I feel more awkward if they seem awkward and like shut yeah. it down. I'm like, oh, I agree. you want to pretend I don't have this. And like, I've definitely dated guys like that. And it does not work out. Yeah. And it's um, like, if they ask questions and stuff, it seems like, oh, okay. They're more interested in my life. Like, <laughs> right. Like they care. They, care. <laughs> they give a shit. That's yeah, good to exactly. know. Like, that's good. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think too, like, and with like, I don't know, especially with chronic illness, there's going to be moments where maybe you like, things get kind of awkward, like your stomach starts hurting really bad or whatever. And it's always like, you don't have to just like act like it's a joke or laugh it off. But again, just like acting confident. Like I always give this example. Yeah. <laughs> I was seeing this guy like only a few weeks after I'd gotten out of the hospital in 2018. And I was on like a bunch of meds. I was on like a steroid and I had lost so much weight so rapidly that like my hair was falling out like crazy. And at that point I didn't really like I was just like, damn, I'm shedding a lot. Like, what's <laughs> happening? But it would be like clumps coming out in the shower. Yeah. And I was like, this seems That's not, not right. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think this should happen at 22. And I was seeing know. this guy <laughs> and we had been watching a movie in his room and I get up to leave and I noticed my hair was like literally covering his bed, like entire bed. And I was like, <laughs> what huh. did I do at this point? <laughs> I made them, I, I should have just done like... Yeah, I should have been like, bro, do you have a lint roller? But I was awkward and I just like left. I mean, I was leaving anyways, but I just like left. And, he, like, and you just knew in the back of your head that he was going to walk back in and see it. And he texted me later and he was like, um, are you shedding a lot? Like he was so good. He was like, yeah. So like crazy thing is actually like a lot of my hair is falling out. And I just like then played it like, honestly, this is what's going on. And he was like, oh shit, that makes sense. Like, why didn't you just tell me? I was like, I don't yeah. know. I felt weird. Like, and so when you, you know, like just act more natural they do too and it's like situations like that that seem so mortifying but like oh, you yeah. laugh about it I still laugh about it I like yeah. tell that story all the time so I'm like this one time all my hair fell <laughs> and it's it like it could have been really a lot worse funny. than just your hair falling out yeah that's true like so many worse things could happen and like putting things in perspective in that way of like again if you're dating someone nice they're not gonna like get freaked exactly. out by something minor like that honestly like yeah if someone's getting mad about an illness that you can't even control like, what the heck? That just shows you what kind of person they are. And then like, bye. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. okay, you're not the one for me. 
Yeah, and I always say that. I'm like, you didn't choose your illness. No, like, exactly. You can't control it. You can't, you can't control, control it. it. So if, like, they then can't control their emotions around it or, like, be kind, like, that's something they can control. And, like, yeah, that's, exactly. that's when you're just like, okay, bye. Like, yeah, not worth your time. That's when their true colors come out. <laughs> yeah, and I think realizing, too, with that, like, it's so easy to like get gaslighted too. I think in relationships where you start feeling like, Oh, I'm just such a burden. Like this is my fault. I should stop like telling them when I feel sick and realizing in those moments, if someone is making you feel like a burden by how they're acting or what they're saying, like you need to be strong enough to walk away. Cause that again is on them. Like you're right. literally not a burden. Like they just don't have emotional maturity. Clearly. No, exactly. And that goes for everything that like lights a lights a light bulb in my head because that's mm-hmm. everyone and not just like guys too like with dating like that goes with friendships as well because in undergrad I lived in a house with like a bunch of girls and I remember we'd always all like try to go out to dinner together because we were all super close and stuff and I got to a point where I just felt like such a burden because everyone was like oh well Alexis can't eat there Alexis can't do this she can't eat that and I was just kind of like oh my, okay like mm, I'll just pack, pack a paper bag like I'll just pack my own yeah. food and that's the last thing I want to do when I'm going out to eat with friends I want to be able to enjoy the atmosphere get drinks and do everything with them and it's like feeling like a burden is probably the worst thing because then you just want to crawl into a shell and you're just like I'm so sorry like I don't know what to do like right because it's like you can't yeah you can't like turn it off and like I think it's already such a deep-seated fear with everyone with chronic illness that when someone like makes that actually like a reality it's like oh my god that's like the worst ever and just being able to recognize that of like is this person actually making me feel this way and if it's a yes like that person is not meant to be in your life and like you're not going to regret letting go of that person like no you're probably really cool and strong but like they clearly aren't so yeah and and I'm also like I'm sure you are too like we know what we have to do and we know that like if we're going on a group, like I was just on a bachelorette weekend this past weekend. And I knew that I was going like with this big group of girls. And so I packed like a picnic thing with like my own snacks and like things that I could do. Cause I knew that like, I was going to have to accommodate for myself. Cause I wasn't going to do anything like with the group and my, like my best friend, the bride, she's like, Oh yeah, we're planning all this stuff. She was letting me know. And she was sending me menus and stuff. And she was like, I know you're like really simple and you'll get a side salad if you have to, to make it work. She was like, but just let me know if I need to do anything. And like, it's just so much easier when people are, they'll communicate with you about it, but then also know personally, like we'll talk about this a little later with nutrition and stuff, but have things prepared that, so that you can, you don't stress out about it, so to say, because stress is a huge thing for me when it comes to like going out with a big group of people that someone else chose the restaurant and I'm looking at the menu online before I go and I'm like, there's nothing I can eat. Oh no, what do I do? But I still want to go and stuff. And like, it could be someone that planned it that like has no idea that I have a gluten allergy. I have celiacs and stuff. So being prepared is a huge thing and we'll go into like some fun snack ideas and stuff later on, but I'm sure you've dealt with that as well. Oh my God. Yeah. And like that goes for so much. We're same. Like I went to, this is like two summers ago, like a friend's bachelorette weekend and same where she's like a good friend and knew all my health stuff. And it was also right after I'd gotten out of the hospital. And so she's like, this is what, like her sisters were like cooking. This is what they're cooking. Like, can you Mm -hmm. have anything? You can bring like Tupperware. We'll have space in the fridge and just like, having people where it's not like they're having to totally change their plans for you, but just having that communication, like you said, but then also I think like taking, taking that responsibility and also not feeling awkward around stuff like that. Like there were so many dinners in college where like I would just eat before because I still want to go and celebrate the birthday. And I went to school in a really small town too. So I like, there weren't really literally any options. And so it's like, being prepared in that way or if I was going to like a sorority event like asking ahead of time like what's going to be served like okay nothing I'll just bring a Tupperware just don't get awkward about it no one actually cares like what you're doing you're eating for your health and if people question it just be like I have allergies or I have this like I can't eat the things that are here like I'm doing what's best for me and also it's like again that's our easiest way of like not being a burden so to say to other people because we know that like it's our, it's not their fault. It's our disease. Like we'll take care of it on our own. Like you just have to own it and do what you need to do. And don't worry about, don't have like the pride of being like embarrassed about bringing your own food. There's nothing embarrassing about that at all. Like, cause I remember being like that at first, I was just like, I don't want to pack my own thing. Like, that's so weird. No one else is going to do it. But like, who cares? (laughs) Right. Exactly. It's like, honestly, no one cares. And it's like that perfect balance of, yeah, like taking responsibility and being prepared, but like making sure that people in your life are also like 
like kind of checking in or making sure they're not just like acting like you don't have these kind of like struggles, especially in social situations. It's like, you know, it's, it's not their responsibility, but they should still like ask about it or like send you menus or things like that. It's like those little things that honestly like mean so much. No, literally like this past weekend, the bride and the maid of honor that like set everything up, they both were just like, okay, Friday night we're doing a taco bar and like I'm vegetarian too, so they know I don't eat meat and which is even harder on people. And then the the maid of honor was like, okay, so I'm going to do ground beef and everything. What can I get you? And I was like, literally I'll do black beans. Like that's perfect for me. So she went and got me black beans and like that was it. And I was like, awesome, perfect. The next day I had stuff for lunch. They ordered pizza. I had my own stuff. And then like the menus that we sent, like everywhere but one place was super good and I like I got like a full full ass meal that was just like pull all of superfood stuff and I was just like this is awesome oh my god (laughs) it was was great but it also helps like I could have done that research myself and stuff too and like figured out like reached out and asked questions but it meant a lot to me that people were like okay we've got to ask her this 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 and like I just made it as easy as possible on both ends and it worked out perfectly and it's like that's when you also know when you have people that actually care ever like in your life and stuff rather than the people that are like oh well like she can't eat there so we can't do that blah blah blah, blah. it's like <laughs> it's like don't yeah. moan and talk under your breath about it like find those friends and find those people and if you're dating find that guy or girl that is willing to learn like alongside with you and help you accommodate to be able to do those fun thing fun things with everyone because yeah we might have to take an extra step to get there but we still want to do the fun things with everyone <laughs> Right. And it's like, we totally can, like, you can still have such a like, quote unquote, normal dating life with chronic illness. Like it won't maybe look the exact same because yeah, like more questions have to be asked or like accommodations or whatever, but like, you'll still find your person. You're still so worthy of like love, even like you're not broken, you know, like sometimes you might feel that way, but like, you're not at all. Definitely not. Yeah. And it may, may feel that way on some days more than others. Like you said, when you were in the hospital and stuff, I'm sure you felt super down on yourself and you said you thought it was going to be like your forever. Like it's not yes. like you'll get by it. You you've, you've survived 100% of your bad days. So you'll move on yes. and you'll have more good days. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. All right. So the next topic that we brought up was body image, which I know this could probably be a huge one. So what do you have to say about body image? (laughs) Yeah. So it's interesting because I, I feel like a lot of, especially women, I know obviously men struggle with it too, but because I work mostly with women and kind of talk mostly with women on my Instagram, but struggle with body image, especially with, I mean, mostly speaking to Crohn's and UC because a lot of the time, like oh my God, I'll like literally look pregnant. I'm so bloated where like, I always tell people, I'm like, I know what I'm going to look like when I'm pregnant. I'm going to be so cute. I'm going to be adorable because it's going to be right there. (laughs) Yeah. Like I already know all my clothes, like all my clothes are so bloat proof. And I'm like, wow, I don't even have to buy maternity clothes when I get pregnant (laughs) one day. Like I'm set. Like I have this, oh my God. I'm so, I have this like really bad tendency when I'm really bloated and my stomach hurts is I'll like put my hand on my stomach. Do you like hold it? Yes. And yeah, it's like I, and I look, I literally look pregnant. And I was like at the store one day in this like little romper that like was super flowy and could totally pass as maternity wear. <laughs> it's like holding my stomach. And I also like look pretty young. And all these people kept like looking at me. And I was like, why the hell are they looking at me? And then I was like, oh my God, I look so <laughs> pregnant right now. Like I'm not, my stomach just hurts. It's like it's so oh. bad. But <laughs> I completely relate because it's like when you bloat from those kind of things, like if I ever get any type of gluten, normally my symptoms are like more like flu symptoms. Like I get sick, yeah. I like sweats, I just want to go to bed. It's terrible. But if it's like something more minuscule than like I actually consume like a full thing of gluten, I'll bloat so bad. And it's literally like a hot air balloon. Like it's just hard. Yes. And it's like, it doesn't move. I would pop it. Yeah. yeah. It's literally like if I had a balloon and you could like pull the end and like, just like let yeah. the air out. Like that would be amazing. That would be great. Like just take a little needle to it and just like yeah. poke a hole. That would be wonderful. Yeah. So like, I feel like with any kind of chronic illness, especially with like gut health issues, like bloating can be a really big thing or just in general too, I know like weight fluctuations are so normal. Right. Like for me, I feel like from flares, I'll like lose 20 pounds and then I go on meds and it makes me gain a ton of weight. Or like, yeah. I know a lot of people with Crohn's or colitis have taken prednisone, which is like a steroid and it makes you have like a really round face. And just like, there's so many things that feel out of your control. And I think the biggest thing, which I also had an eating disorder in college. And so it kind of like swapped one body image issue for like the next right. with my chronic illness. Um, a big thing is just like always reminding yourself, like literally 
when you die, are people going to remember like what size paint you wore or like the right. size of your body? Like, no, I saw, I saw this quote on Pinterest. I'm such a Pinterest girl. <laughs> like the other day. I'm such a Pinterest person. Like, like, I have every a morning, up. like I never not, don't have a tab pulled up of Pinterest. <laughs> literally me too. Oh my, I go on every morning and we'll like read little quotes and I feel yep. like so happy. Oh yeah. It's the best. But one was like, it was an interesting way of putting it. It was kind of morbid, but it was saying like, imagine like your funeral, like your funeral, no one cries at a funeral for like losing a pretty face. They like cry over losing like a soul and like humor right. and like memories and things like that. And so I think that like, I, even though that's like kind of sad to think about, like really kind no, of it makes sense the, like, you don't want to die one day and then realize like, oh my God, I wasted like my whole life, like just trying to be like smaller or trying to like fit in a certain pant size and just like, kind of like realizing your chronic illness doesn't define you. Like your body literally doesn't define you. Right. And like, as much as you might feel that way, or you might feel self-conscious, like people honestly don't think about what your body looks like, you know, like, especially yeah. the people that actually like matter to you. Seriously, like, uh, do you walk around and like, say you're walking through a mall or something like, do right. you walk around and literally like try to guess whose pants size like that? Oh, that girl's a right. Four. That one's a six. Like who cares? Like, right. <laughs> one. yeah, exactly. And I think too, like a big thing with me is like, I've definitely been like, I feel like I've been a million different body sizes over the years just from you know eating disorder and chronic illness and right. flares and everything that I feel like I've also gone through like five wardrobes but that's actually a big thing <laughs> of if you like gain weight whether it's from medication or just because you're older or chronic illness or whatever like don't keep trying to fit into your old clothes like buy some new clothes like buy mm -hmm. clothes you feel good in like right I know like I have friends that I know that they have like pair of jeans hanging in their closet from high school and they're like, I'm going to fit in again <laughs> one day. And I'm like, you realize we're two years out of undergrad, right? Like, like we are 20, like all, most of us are training 23. Like we were 18, 17 when we wore those pants. Like you grow, like, your body changes, hips. You have different happen. hormones. <laughs> yeah, literally like, like you're not as toothpick anymore. And it's no. just what happens yeah and like and most of my friends like people that I hang out with we're very active we work out like we've get put on yes. so much muscle since high school because high school it was all about the dieting and being super oh skinny like this big yes now we're like okay we want a butt we want all this stuff so like <laughs> there's no way our booties now are gonna fit in our jeans from high school oh my god no and hell no yeah and why have an outfit or a like article of clothing hanging in your closet that's just like taunting you all the time it's like get rid of them. Like it's literally yes. just like a negative thing hanging there that's taunting you all the time. It's like, who cares? Just get rid of them by your size that you fit now. Like, and yes. then <laughs> exactly. That's like such a huge thing where like, yes, I probably have spent too much money on clothes over the years, but like I refuse to keep clothes in my closet that are too small for me. Just, Oh, but what if I flare one day and lose weight right. again? Okay. Then I'll buy new clothes then. Like yeah. I'm not going to keep too small clothes and it feels like so good to just like get rid of them like yeah because then you're pressure to try and fit in them because a lot of people feel the pressure of wearing those two small clothes because it's like oh I spent the money on them they're hanging there I should be wearing them because I bought them and it's also really cute blah, blah blah but so then they feel the pressure to lose weight and get smaller to fit in and it's like if it's not there you don't have the pressure right and there's like this saying of like your clothes are supposed to fit you you're not supposed to fit the clothes exactly. you know like you're the changing living human, like clothes are yeah. just like an article and yeah, object. exactly. And I was thinking, I talked about this on my story the other day, but I was thinking back on just like how, Oh, cause I put, put on a pair of shorts that I actually had kept from when I flared because when I bought them, they were like, you know, boyfriend shorts. And I remember they're them, they were like, they were so baggy to wear like a belt, but I thought I looked like so trendy. And I'm like, you probably look dumb. <laughs> like those are so, those are probably so big on you. And I put them on the other day because they're like really stretchy and they're like actually fit me now. And I like in my head, like I feel like past me would have been like, oh my God, they're tight. And I was like, yeah. damn, like I actually like feel like I'm a woman now. Like I have a butt. Like this is yeah. kind of cool. And I was talking about my story of it was just like crazy to me because I was like, I can't even like conceptualize being that size where these shorts were like literally falling off of my body. Yeah. And I was saying that of like, I have been so small in the past. And when I think about those times in my life, like I literally can't remember what it felt like to like be that skinny or be in that small body. Like, I think we think that that's going to bring us happiness and then we'll remember that. And it's like, I literally don't remember what it was like looking in the mirror and being that size. Right. Like I do remember being really depressed or really yeah. anxious. I was gonna say, like, 
I'm like, thinking back on it now and trying to think about like how I felt whenever I was like under eating and like everything. I remember being very sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. I don't remember what it was like to like fit in a certain size or like look a certain way. All I remember was like the negative stuff that came yeah. with it. And like, that's really sad to think about. Like I'll do that sometimes and look back at old photos and I'm like, girl, it was not worth it. And I think yeah. just knowing that of like your happiness is so much more worth like being a certain size. Yeah. Exactly. And I also like, I know looking back at old pictures, like especially from high school and stuff and like, I'm still best friends with like my best friend from like elementary and school. So we look back on high school pictures and stuff all the time because we see different colleges and, and everything. So we like reminisce on old pictures and I remember looking at one, I was just like, I was so little and like, it wasn't like I was trying or anything. I was just very active. I was competitive cheerleader and stuff, but, and I was also under eating a lot when I was in high school and didn't realize it. I just thought that was the way it was supposed to be. And I was so little. And I remember thinking like, I thought I was so overweight when I was that size. And I was like, what? I, I'm like, I was half the size I am now. And I still thought I needed to lose 10 pounds. I was like, what the heck? I was like, I spent my Isn't skinny days thinking I was fat. Like, Yes. Oh my, I literally had that thought the other day because I just started going back through. I'm just like such a, like, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Nostalgic person. Like I yeah. love looking at old photos and it's so funny. I was a cheerleader too. I was a dancer yeah. growing up. And I, it's because I'd written a post on my Instagram about like my eating disorder. And I think like, I mean, I love dancing. I'm so happy I did it, but I think it definitely like added to it because you're always oh. around really thin girls and everyone's like ballet body, ballet body. Like 100%. Ah. Yeah. No, when I first started competitive cheer, I actually just did a TikTok on this yesterday with like the flashing lights and it's like, I'm bulletproof. Like that, that trend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually just did a TikTok about this. Cause when I first started competitive cheer, I was in elementary school. So I started like wow. really young. And when I did start, I was chubbier. I still had baby fat. I was way higher like on the BMI scale bullshit scale in my opinion right um, of what the doctors would say and so I, w- I was the chubby one at first and then like I feel like all of the oh you need to fit into this uniform you need to do that and like all of this stuff like really cracked down on me and I also was a lot shorter at first and then like I hit this huge growth spurt and when I hit a growth spurt I went up and in and then my body just kind of naturally went smaller which is when like I got more confident into like I could wear those little outfits that we had to wear for cheer and everything. But like being the chubby, so to say, competitive all-star cheerleader, I was like, oh, (laughs) I was like, okay, yeah. That's where a lot of the body images came from because it was like, oh, you need to go here based on like my looks pretty much. It was like they would place you on on the mat based on your looks. And then they would also be like whenever you're measuring for the, uh, uniforms because you'd have to get new uniforms every season and you couldn't rewear a new uniform it was always just like measuring and being like oh, okay we need a you could probably like start running a little bit like just like little comments here and there wow. and you don't even think it really means anything but then like you look back on it now and it's like that stuck with me for a long time like and that's probably the reason oh, I had yeah. like body dysmorphia and got into eating disorders and stuff later in life like in college and stuff so it's like sticks with the people and Honestly, the generation that were coaches when I was young are, are a part of that generation that has like the huge diet culture mentality because that's mm-hmm. what was so big in the media. So it, honestly, I wouldn't even say it's their fault because that's just what was preached to them when they were younger. So it just passed down the generations. But those little things make such a big difference to young girls. People don't realize it. It's crazy. Yes. It's insane. Like it's, I did that the other day where I was looking at old dance photos and I was just like, I was always underweight and I like knew that like I didn't I always would have like doctor's notes to not take PE in junior high because like this girl no don't make her exercise more and I still would be like oh my god I just want to be like as thin as her as thin as her and I'll look at photos and be like girl you were smaller than her and it's just like crazy that you can be like eight nine ten years old and like have that level of body dysmorphia oh right but it's, it's like those little things and like the measuring, I think, I mean, when you're from age three, you're used to getting measured a few times a year, like that will screw with you. And I always say, I'm like, so terrified to raise a daughter of like, so excited oh, to, but I'm like, I like, I feel like dance was like, that was my life. I started when I was three and I danced, then cheered through high school. Like, but I'm like, I don't think I want my daughter to do it. Like it freaks me out. I don't yeah. know how to. Her. That's how I was competitive cheer. Like I would. I would love to have a daughter that would go into competitive cheer because I just love the atmosphere of mm-hmm. everything that has to do with like the all-star traveling and like everything like that. Um, and it's just like, it terrifies me. It's it's scary. Like, I don't want her to have to deal with that. It's like, oh, right. Gosh. 
I feel like I would yeah. be like a mom that's like sitting on the mat, like listening to everything the coaches are saying. Yeah. And then being like, okay, so they said this, but actually ignore her. Yeah. And you know, it's like, it is so hard of like, how at home do I teach a daughter like body love or whatever? And then like oh, yeah. send her off to something like dance. It's just, but it is, it's crazy how that stuff, you know, just piles up. And then when you're old enough to start, you know, taking action on those things, which is so sad, it, it kind of bubbles over. So yeah. yeah, I went on a huge tangent there, but yeah. overall, love yourself. Yeah. Like, love yourself no matter what. <laughs> my best friend always says, you're a human, not a body. And it's like so simple, but mm. I love it. Like, I love you're that. a human, you're a soul, you're not a body. Like, yeah. Your body's just there to like hold it's in all your like passions and hobbies and everything like that. No, I love that. I've never heard someone say that before. I really like that. <laughs> it's so cute. So cute yeah. and like small. I love so it. Exactly. That's one of those like little quotes that would pop up on our Pinterest page. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, hmm. <laughs> exactly. All right. The next topic that we were going to just kind of touch on is physical activity and chronic illness. So I think this one's going to come into us saying, listen to your body a lot. Because <laughs> yes. it's definitely your physical activity and what you're going to want to do during different days, different times of the month. Um, like we're all female. We go through different cycles and everything. Um, so what is your opinion with chronic illness and physical activity and how do you manage it? Yeah. So I, I love this topic because I have been, you know, super active my whole life. I got my personal training certification and was like really into long distance running in college around when I had my eating disorder. And I also really struggled with exercise addiction. So I was like the queen of not listening to my body, pushing myself way too hard. Like I still finished my marathon, even though I had just been diagnosed with like uh, autoimmune disease. And I was like flaring and I was like, no, I can still go run, you know, 26 miles. I was more in that mindset of like, I need to prove my strength. And I think that's such a big thing with chronic illness is like, you're just strong for like existing with an autoimmune disease. You do not need to prove that by like torturing yourself. And I think like that is a huge thing is for me, like I love being active. So I'm always going to, you know, be doing movement in some shape or form, unless I'm like, flaring that horribly I'll take breaks and things like that but I think it's like listening to like what you actually want to do and I always pose this question to clients or um just to like my stories whatever is like if someone told you like your body's not going to change like guarantee you're going to look the exact way you do would you still do the exercise you do and if it's a no that means you're only exercising for aesthetics and then that's like that's not intuitive movement that's not like joyful movement and I think that's like so huge to think about. And it's obviously no shame if someone is trying to lose weight and they're doing it in a healthy, sustainable way. Like totally you can do that. But personally for me, like with my past, I'm just like, I'm at the point where I'm like, I want to like love the exercise I'm doing. And I'm do, I actually did like a little experiment this week because I love yoga and like Pilates and like low intensity workouts, but I've been in such a habit of being a runner forever and like weightlifting so I was still doing that during quarantine. I have some like dumbbells, whatever was running and it just like, wasn't feeling good, but there still was that like little voice in my head of like, well, if you only do yoga, like that's not going to feel like a good enough workout. You're going to be bored. But I just told myself, I'm like, you are only doing yoga for this whole week, like yoga or Pilates or that kind of stuff. And like, let's yeah. just see how you feel. Yeah. And oh my God, it's been like so fun. Like I've been right. actually forward to my workouts. I feel so good. I'm not like so bloat like I get really bloated when I run which I'm like that's probably oh I do that I'm seriously running makes me bloat for some yeah. reason I don't understand why I don't know if it's me like swallowing air as I run and breathe <laughs> stuff. I don't know what it is but it, when I get off I'm like why do I look pudgier now than when I got on because I was like my like I don't get it like I was like I was yeah like I feel like, worse the whole time like what's happening <laughs> like what is this and I think it is it's like when you think about it, exercise is stress to your body. So if you're like, especially if you're already flaring or you're just stressed in life and then you add more on top of that, your body doesn't know how to discern between, oh, but this is good stress. Like exercise right. is good. They're just like, hey, stress. Like, yeah, you know, stress. <laughs> yeah hello. So they're going to, it's going to get more inflamed. You're going to feel inflamed. And so I think it's just been really interesting where like, just give yourself like total permission to like move how you want and like have fun with it. And it like makes it so much better than like forcing yourself to like exercise just to look a certain way or like do not exercise to earn your food. You don't need to earn your food. No. Yeah. Don't, like, just, don't burn just, off calories. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, exactly. no. I yeah. That. That's, what I always, that's what I've said in the past too. I'm like, if you are like wanting to start working out in the morning, so to say, like some people 
morning people, I, for me, I'm a middle of the day person. I don't know. It gives me a break in the middle of the day, but I would love to like get in the habit of doing it in the morning. Cause it's, I am so much more productive afterwards, but if you're getting up in the morning and you are dreading going on that run, don't do it. Like if you wake up and like, like if you don't want, if, if you can't get out of bed to go do whatever you want to do, like then don't do it. Like find something that gets you excited to get out of bed and do it. Like, I don't know. Obviously we can't do group classes right now. And I know a lot of people get more excited about group classes like orange theory and pure bar and things like that. Like for me, I used to love getting up early in the morning and going to an orange theory class. It was so fun to me, but obviously we can't do that right now because of COVID hopefully soon, hopefully in, in the future, but yeah, say prayers, <laughs> but find something that you like would jump out of bed to go do. Cause you just enjoy it that much. And then yeah. just keep doing it. And then if you get bored of it, find something else. Right. Like, I think that's the thing too, is like not defining yourself by like what you do. Like I know for me for so long, I was like, but I'm a runner and it's like, I can still be a runner and take months off from it. Like, yeah, I've totally said that before. I'm like, yeah, I love running. And I'm like, I'm a runner. I love it. And I'm like, but like, I don't have to do it every day. (laughs) Right. Like if I don't want to, I don't have to, or like same with, Oh, but like I lift weights. I'm a weightlifter. It's like, okay, but you can also take like life ups and flows. So obviously your desires do. And like, I'm not now that I'm doing yoga every day. Like that doesn't mean I'm never going to run it. Like I'll probably run next week, you know, but it's like exactly listening to your body. It's like, I'm a student right now, but I'm not in classes 24 seven. Like, right. It's kind of the same thing. So, I mean, just listen to your body and pick different forms of exercise that you find would be fun. And if you don't know what you love to do, experiment with it. Like you were doing like pick yeah. different things and say, okay, I'm going to do this for a couple of days and switch up and do this or like alternate days. And like on days that you find that you are more enjoying your workouts, stick to those kind of workouts. Exactly. Yeah. Earlier. I love that. Yeah. Okay. And then the last topic that we really wanted to touch on was nutrition. And I know we've kind of talked about it already a little bit, but like we stopped, talked about the snacks, like packing snacks and making sure like everyone always knows if we do anything, especially this past summer when we had lake days, um, we'd go out on the boat and have lake days and stuff. And most of the time we'd have like a little portable grill and everyone would grill out hamburgers and hot dogs and everyone knew I wasn't going to eat it. So I was right. the one with my own little lunchbox with like my almonds, my edamame, my protein bar, uh, anything else that yeah. I was really wanting that day, like a cheese stick, something like that, an apple, banana, I come prepared. And so that's like one of my biggest tips for people that struggle with chronic illness or any autoimmune disease and stuff, just prepare, just come like, even if it's like having a stash in your car or leaving a protein bar in your purse, like never go somewhere where you know that you're going to be left empty because if you just like let your tank go all the way empty and stuff, like we don't ever want you running on fumes. You got to fuel your body. So make sure you have something available. Yes. Oh my God. I'm like the queen. I feel like everyone knows like Natalie has snacks. Like oh, yeah. I never, even if I think I'm leaving for like 30 minutes or an hour, I'm like, I should bring a bar just in case. What if I get stuck in traffic and then yeah. I'm starving? Like I, and I know for me, it's like how, how my stomach works. Who even knows? Like if I let myself get to a point where I'm like, damn, I am so hungry. Oh, I mean, and then I eat, it makes it like 10 times worse when I'm like, okay, I know I need to eat to like cure this hunger but like it makes it worse at first and so I'm like I just like can't let myself get there so it's like being prepared it's just like you just need to exactly need to. and like and I get so hangry too like my parents oh are my like I, I get so mean and I'm just like I'm so sorry I'm just very hungry <laughs> like I literally can't control this but you know, one of those shirts that say like I'm sorry for what I said when I was angry or something like literally I need like a warning I know I need a warning caution she needs food (laughs) flashing lights hangry (laughs) blood sugar right and I also feel like that's a point too where we could like kind of touch on a little bit here even though like I have a whole other episode about this you guys go listen to it if you haven't already but binge eating like people it's that restrict cycle and stuff so whatever you said like you wait too long until like you're absolutely starving and then you just like want to gorge on everything in sight mm-hmm. and it's like that's where we need to learn to balance our blood sugar levels because that's where that, yes. that issue comes from so making sure you have oh, this yeah. and everyone always thinks of snacking as being such a negative thing it's like it's not a negative thing it's I'm really good queen. for you yeah just i'm make the queen of right it stuff. yeah yeah, like I noticed that because I know for me too with UC, like I can't handle very big meals and I've been this way since I was like literally a two-year-old like my mom would have to make me like a ton of little snacks throughout the day and like 
people would say to her like, oh my God, your daughter is just like always eating. My mom's like, yeah, but she'll eat like an apple and then a cheese stick and then yeah, two crackers. Like, you know, it's like I have to graze and I'm the yeah. same way. Like I, my stomach just can't handle a lot of food at one time. Yeah. And I think that's like a big thing too with like chronic illness or anything, but especially with gut health issues, like there yeah. are, you know, so many articles out there. There's so much yeah. science, but there's science to like back up everything. There's going to be one article that tells you three meals a day. There's going to be another article that tells you snack throughout the day. And especially with, yeah, like, especially with like Crohn's and colitis too, it's like, there is science to back out, back up so many different styles of eating. There's science behind plant-based, there's science behind specific carbohydrate diet, there's science behind whatever, like keto. Actually, I don't know if there's science behind that, but like there's epilepsy kids, that's about it. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's just like so much out there telling you like what you should eat and do. And like, I got so caught up in that for so long. And I did the specific carbohydrate diet for quite a while. Cause it's like a specific diet for Crohn's and colitis. And I felt like shit though, like, because yeah. it's like no grains, it's no, it's like so restrictive. And so like, I felt like all I could really eat was like raw fruits and veggies. And although those are really healthy and I can do them in moderation, like and that's like all I'm eating. That's like really hard on your gut. Yeah. And it, you burn that stuff off super fast too. So your like energy levels are probably super low. Oh my God. I was like a freaking zombie. And I yeah. did that when I was training for a marathon. And I, oh that, was, that was so dangerous. I think that was very dangerous. I, that was yeah. not healthy. That was so many carbs training for a marathon. Nobody do that. Literally, all my sorority sisters would be like, you're not a human. You're like a literal zombie. And I'm like, I know. I know. <laughs> the worst. And it's like, but I was like, but everyone says like SCD's the best. And so it's so interesting that, you know, I always tell people like, don't disregard science and like definitely like see nutritionists, but like see one that's open-minded and will listen to like what your body's telling you. Exactly. Because everyone's body's different. Yeah. And like for the longest time too, then I just switched over to doing like paleo. And then I was like, okay, actually I feel really good when I eat rice and like some oats or like rice cakes or things like that. And then also like I was noticing for probably like two months that every time I ate meat, I felt really sick. And I was actually a vegetarian until 19, like when I was born until 19. Mm-hmm. And then I added meat back in to do SCD thinking, oh, that'll be better for me. And it started making me really sick recently. And I kept ignoring it because I was like, no, everyone says like, this is what I need to do for you. See, and I was like, okay, but you're like kind of low key flaring all the time. And like, yeah you feel gross. And so I've actually for the last probably like month, month and a half been back to like being more plant-based vegetarian. And I feel so good. And it's like, if you don't listen to your body, like, and only listen to science, it's so hard because it's like, yes, there's science to support certain things or like professionals telling you something, but like your body's yelling, no, like, and you're having symptoms or you're flaring, like, yeah. It's okay to change something based on just what your body's telling exactly. you. Cause your body might be different than those people that they did those clinical trials on. So it's like yeah. everyone's body's different. Again, it's a trial and error thing. And your body also, since you were vegetarian for so long, adding in that meat could have been like, Ooh, like throwing it off a little bit. Cause for me, I've been, I've been veg for about three, four years now, maybe. So, and I've yeah. talked about adding fish back in, but that would probably be the only meat that I would maybe mm-hmm. possibly add back in. It's a texture thing for me now. So, but I couldn't imagine <laughs> if I, if I ate a hamburger, like I'm pretty sure my stomach would flip upside down and just like <laughs> crawl into a hole. Like, I don't think it would, <laughs> I really don't think it would be good for me at all. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny how our bodies do like, you know, get used to certain yeah. things and like something. Yeah. And it's like, even listening to something that of like, it's a texture thing. Like, I feel like that's always been a big thing for me of like, yeah. me, even when I was eating meat for a few years there, if I was like, ah, like it just, it would just rub me the wrong way a lot of the time. And it's like, it's okay to listen to those things. And I'm always a big believer too, that like of no labels where I know that if I start craving and there's a day and I'm like, if I don't eat turkey today, like ground turkey, I will die. Then I'm like, I'll eat it. I'm not going to be like, but girl, you're vegetarian. Like I'm not going to label myself, but like, I just know that that style of eating is what works best for me most of the time. But it's like, if I'm like, yeah, I need salmon one day, like I'll eat it. You know, it's yeah. not. And that's your body that's telling you what nutrients it needs. That's just, mm-hmm. that's another form of intuitive eating. Hello, everyone. Intuitive eating. Yes. yes. <laughs> no, exactly. that's another, learning to listen to those certain cues, which is mm-hmm. the best thing that you could do because your body is a well-oiled machine. As I say all the time, yeah. it knows exactly what you need. You just have to learn to listen to it and give it what it needs pretty much. So yeah, it's like if Our your body's body, so smart. Yeah. If your body's needing premium gas, don't go and put in like 
the cheaper stuff. Like, yeah, right? exactly. exactly. It knows that it needs that premium gas and give that to it. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Well, awesome. Do you think you have, did we cover everything? Is there anything else that you think we should go over? I think we co- we got a lot in there. <laughs> yeah. I think the only other thing I would say about food in regards to like chronic illness too, because I know a lot of people do stuff like low FODMAP or SCD where it's right. kind of like an elimination diet and it can, there can be so much fear around like adding foods back in. I know for like years I was like stagnant. I didn't add anything because I was just like terrified. And I think that's a big thing of listening to your body too, is like, I now know if I start craving something I haven't had in five years. And for the last five years, the thought of it made me sick. And then one day I'm like, Oh my God, I need it. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a sign to like, try it again. And I always say like, don't do it right before a really big presentation where then if you get sick, that's (laughs) like, I always do it at night, even if it's like a breakfast, like breakfast food, whatever. Like I started craving oatmeal a few months ago and I had oats since like high school before I was even diagnosed because they would make me so sick yeah and so then one day though I was like I need oatmeal and so I like (laughs) had oatmeal for dinner because I was like if I feel sick I'll take a hot bath and like go to bed yeah but then I felt fine and it's like if I had kept being like no I'm too scared like I would be without oatmeal for the rest of my life and it's like listen to those cravings because unless you do know but I feel like your bodies are smart if it is something that really will make you sick you're probably not gonna crave it yeah at least it's like my body doesn't unless you think like the only thing that I would say maybe is if your blood sugar levels are just super low and your body's That's just craving true. energy. Like if like it's yeah. just something super high energy and it's just like give me something to get my sugar levels at, like back to up. So yeah, that would be the thing. In that sort of case, if you're craving something that you know that like you really shouldn't have, you just eat something nutrition like nutritious and then see if that levels out. If you're still craving mm-hmm. it dive deeper and think a little bit harder about it <laughs> yeah of like why or like what yeah. substitute can like still kind of like make exactly that craving go away kind of thing exactly but it could easily just because your blood sugar levels are just too low and it, your body's just looking for a source of high energy yeah totally awesome well those that was an amazing conversation um I love wow. talking about that with you so as everyone listening knows, I like to ask all my guests three questions at the very end of our episodes, just to try and give a little bit more intel about you. So the first question is, what is your favorite food? Of course, because it's a nutrition. <sighs> Oof. Um, oh my gosh. Peanut butter. I oh, ha- like, heck yeah. <laughs> I dressed up as a jar of peanut butter in college. One year. <laughs> it was actually really cute. It sounds weird, but it was like really cute. Like that's, that's how much I love peanut butter. No, I, I could put peanut butter on everything. Either that or oh, yeah. My local farmer's market here, they sell honey almond butter and it's like made. Ah. Oh, it's so good. And it's got a little bit of cinnamon in it too. Oh my gosh. It's Ooh. Amazing. I don't even that know. That sounds like, so good. Yeah. It's so good. I literally like, and then it comes in like a teeny little jar and I'm like, no, I need like a big one. <laughs> like, <give me laughs> yeah, you like buckets. <laughs> yeah. Buckets. Like that Nutella bucket that people can buy. Yeah. Like, I need like that size. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh. Okay. So what's the second question is what is your favorite form of exercise? And I know we've talked about you being a runner. So, (laughs) Oh man, I'm like all of them. No, I would say depending on mood, either running, like I like distance. I don't really care about speed or yoga. Okay. It's like the two ends of the spectrum. (laughs) Yeah. But those are perfect to do together because like when you run and you do like, especially doing long distance, because that's how I am. I really don't care about speed. I'll run as slow as I have to, as long as I just like go right. that I'm wanting to, but that's yep. how I am. But like your muscles will tighten up so much after the run. So then when you do yoga, you stretch them all out and you work through all that tension and you're all good. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. It's like a perfect combo. Yep. All right. And then my last question is what keeps you motivated to live the lifestyle like you live and then do what you do for like work and stuff? Yeah, I think what keeps me most motivated is just like, I see how good I feel when I do the spirituality things and the personal development things and eat the way I eat and exercise. Like I just feel so happy. It's not about like, Oh, I feel so lean or whatever. Like I'm just so happy. And I notice that like there are days I skip those things or I don't meditate and I do notice a shift. And so I think it's just that intrinsic motivation of like, I want to be happy Mm -hmm. as much as I can and so I'm going to do those things. And same with work. I mean, like working for myself, you have to be intrinsically motivated. But I think it's, again, like loving what I do and noting, knowing I feel really happy and good at the end of the day when I'm productive, like, and still listening to my body within that. So I think it is. It's like motivated by happiness, honestly. Yeah, that's super rewarding too. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I want to give you just a second here to kind of plug yourself, tell everyone like how they can follow you or get in touch with you if they want to work with you or anything like that. So just give it all to them and I'll put everything in the show notes as well. So you guys can just click on the links and go straight to all of her websites, Instagrams, everything like that. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So my Instagram is plenty and well with Nat and my website's plentyandwell.com. Um, I'm going to be having another website for a totally different aspect of my business coming <laughs> soon. So you'll see. Um, and for working with me, I will be relaunching my group coaching in the fall. I wasn't sure I was going to again this year, but I'm going to. So if you have any kind of chronic illness, it doesn't have to be Crohn's or colitis and you're interested in, you know, or you're needing to um, work on confidence, self-love, and accepting your diagnosis in a really empowered way. That's the, the title of it is Path to Empowered Acceptance. Um, definitely reach out to me. I'm going to be doing kind of like a pre-launch to people who are interested and you can get your spots first. So that's kind of where you can work with me in the time being. Yay, that's exciting. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for doing this episode with me. I had so much fun having this conversation. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. This is so fun. I feel like we're so similar. It was kind of crazy. I was like, I know. Vegetarian? Like, like, well. <laughs> like, this is the first time we're like actually talking and meeting you guys. Like, this yeah. Is, yeah, we definitely have a lot in common. So it was a fun yeah. conversation to have, but yeah. thank you so much again. And I will talk to all of you guys again next Wednesday. Bye. If you're already following me on my other social media accounts, then I'm sure you've heard that I'm taking clients and I'm so excited. If you're struggling with your weight, relationship with food, a specific health concern, or you just need motivation to live a healthier lifestyle, then come work with me. I want to be your accountability partner. Visit my website that I have linked in the show notes and book your free 30-minute consultation with me and we can figure out the best plan that works for you. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all and appreciate your support so much. I'll be uploading a new episode every Wednesday, so make sure you subscribe and share with your friends. Follow my Instagram and TikTok at Nutrition by Lex for more information and health inspiration.